Hello and welcome to the Fear, Vulnerabilis Fear podcast. I'm Adam Blinsky. I'm Albert Imperato. Where we help men communicate and build empathy. Albert, we are back after a very long hiatus. Um, and I see that you're back in upstate there. I see uh, the lovely maps behind you. So that's a, I do. a I'm welcome sight. <laughs> back, but uh, never left. Yeah, dude. How how have you been? It's it's been a hot minute. It has. Um, I just asked you a minute ago um, where, uh, what, when it was that we did our last show, and you reminded me it was the end of April, which means we've been on a four month hiatus. Which means very easily we can uh, calculate the the age of your second child is four months old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So how so how is the little shaver? How what's going on there? Oh man, he's doing great. Uh super healthy. Um hanging in there. I mean, he's keeping us up at night. And believe me, this morning I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. But um oh, after shit. <laughs> yes, setting everything up and you know, getting my space prepped. Um, I was like, okay, I'm a lot more excited to do this than I was when I initially woke up. So uh, I'm glad you you texted me this weekend and was like, yo, dude, let's talk and let's do this because um, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. And um, I've got a, a new toy to play with. I got a, a cool mic uh, since we last talked. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And I got to set it up and play around with it. So that that brought me a little bit of fun and inspiration to do this. What were you? Uh, what were you most dreading? It was it my company, or is it just one more thing to do? Uh, it's like the one more thing to do. There's a <laughs> lot of overwhelm going on right now, and like I'm at like baseline of doing life right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I mean, I am like getting the house quiet was a task and a half. Um, I like right before this went on, I was like, it is quiet too quiet. It was like a little scary. I'm just like, is this going to work? Is this going to go? So, so the hey, family you know, is being understanding and saying, Hey, Adam's got to do something where we all got to just be a little quieter today. Yeah. you get that I mean, at least for an hour. So I got that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just been busy with, would you call it the logistics of, of a young child? Is it, is that primarily what it is? Is it a lot of other stuff going on? Is it okay if we, if we dive right in? Yeah. I mean, dude, there's not a lot of other stuff going on. Um, I gotta say like, <laughs> I, I went back to work, um, full time a little bit ago. So I've been adding the mix of, of working back into it. Um, so that's, that's been taking quite a bit of my day up and, and trying to get things going on, but yeah, man. Um, I think the last like social event I did was, um, the, uh, the Ironheart meetup in Brooklyn. Um, with Alex Padmore. So that was, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that was my social life. And that happened when, like a couple months ago. <laughs> how, how long were you out of the house for that trip? I, I know you were excited about it. A uh, long weekend, uh, drove up Friday to visit my buddy, Matt. Um, and then hung out Friday. We went to a comedy show. Um, I saw him perform in New York with like a big crowd and stuff. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, fantastic. We got to yeah. get him on the show. I love Matt. He's oh, awesome. Yeah. How um, many hours is it from Pittsburgh to Brooklyn in a car? To Brooklyn, maybe like eight. Um, is that what you did though? I mean, Matt is in New Jersey, right? Yeah, so I drove to New Jersey, which is like about a five-hour drive um, from where I'm at. Um, it's just you know you can take the turnpike almost the entire way there. Uh, but going to uh, Westfield, New Jersey, to Brooklyn was almost like two hours. It's insane. I had to drive through Manhattan and I was Whoa. like, never again. Don't drive through Manhattan. <laughs> Are you crazy, man? <laughs> Dude, 
yeah, I don't know how New Yorkers do it. I, I can't hang. It's, it's just too much. It is it's too much. Frantic. It, it, <laughs> yeah. There's some seriously, seriously frantic energy that goes on. I, I never will get used to it. I mean, I'm just city kids in general don't really have that much aptitude for cars. I still don't love cars, but driving through the city, nah, especially the idea of going to an outer borough, as, as us Manhattanites call it, an outer borough in a car. That's like hell on earth. The idea of actually trying to figure out how to do that in a car. Yeah, there is a lot of GPS and a lot of me going, maybe this will happen or maybe I'm going to be rerouted in and there's another half hour, you know, for a wrong turn. But I made it. It was fun. Um, I got to uh, visit my buddy Ben um, and his girlfriend, Kemi. I haven't uh, seen them um, since earlier in the year. They came back um, to get their second vaccination shot in our hometown. Um, so that was super cool. I got to see them, hang out with them for an evening, um, go to the, the Ironheart meetup. Uh, and the next day, um, I went to the Blue Cliff Monastery. It's in Pine Bush, New York. Um, and I went for a day of mindfulness there. And Holy smokes, like, that sounds amazing. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, there is like a, a Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people may know who he is. He's a pretty famous monk. Um, but his monastery in Plum Village uh, is in France. And then he created four here in the States, um, one in New York, one in um, California, uh, one in Missouri. And I think the one in Vermont may be shut down, but, um, yeah, so that was there. And then they like opened back up, um, cause they were closed for all this COVID stuff. People were getting vaccinated and they're like, Hey, we're going to do this. And it was maybe like the second one that they've, they've reopened to. So I was like, cool, I'm going to Brooklyn. Like, let's do this. So I stayed over, did the party, like woke up at like six in the morning to like drive another two hours, um, and then went to a day of mindfulness and it was super cool. I brought my camera. Um, I went, there was like a Dharma talk, which is basically like kind of just like an educational mindfulness, um, you know, like speech, um, and teaching. Um, and then after that you have like a mindful meal, um, with like the monks and nuns and everyone who comes around. So, uh, that was really cool. You eat in silence and there's like, you know, kind of like different things that you do. Uh, and then I just hung out on the property for like a couple hours, like taking photos and just meeting with people and just talking about, you know, what kind of all brought us there and, and what's going on. That was really, really cool. How um, big of a crowd was it? That day it was very small. There was maybe, I don't know, less than 20 visitors there. So it was and really- And what, uh, what town in New Jersey was it? it uh, no, it's in New York. Uh, oh, in New York. Yeah. Pine Bush, which is very- very rural town. Um, I think Middlesbrough. I met some guy. Um, at, I can, actually, I'm no, like I'm a New Yorker. I don't know Pine Bush and I want to look on a map now and I'm very curious about. I, yeah, I it's not, in the Catskills. Um, oh yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm now beginning to think I've heard friends talk about mindful, mindfulness retreats and talk about the Catskills and something tells me Yep, those things go together. <laughs> and so do you, did you actually spend the night or just the day and then you nope, left? Nope, just the day. Yep. And then I drove back to New Jersey, hung out with Matt for a little bit, woke up, drove home the next day. And uh, yeah, that was a jam-packed weekend, but you must have loved it. You must have felt oh, yeah. very free as, as, as can be singing along in the car. Mm -hmm. Were you singing along the whole time? Uh, not like so the, much singing. <laughs> the, great, the greatest hits of the whatever decade you mm -hmm. greatest hits with. I, uh, I have a new appreciation for silence um, that I never thought I would have <laughs> after having, you know, child number two. It is 
very joyful just to enjoy uh, a quiet moment here and there because I don't get a lot of them anymore. And uh, it's it's nice to do that. I mean, yeah, I definitely listen to music. I jammed out. I rocked out. I've been bumping a lot of uh, Bad Religion lately, and uh, I love singing singing their songs. They're a lot of fun. Um, so in the car when you were in the more the the quiet period, mm-hmm. is it is there an a uh, a technique of some sort? Are you saying certain things or whatever? Are you literally just trying to be quiet in your mind? Because I'm always afraid behind the wheel that I'll get too relaxed, and that. Yeah. Um, so Joseph Goldstein in like the 10% happier app, I'm sure you've heard him yep. say sit and know you're sitting. Yes. And I've adapted that to drive and know you're driving. Um, I think when I first got that app, like I got super agitated in the car, like commuting to work in the morning. And I would listen to, you know, maybe like a meditation just to kind of like, you know, chill out and and listen to it. Um, you know, kind of prep myself for, for the morning. And then like, you know, before work, uh, when I was living in Pittsburgh and I feel like that took like my road rage, like way down. Um, and also just like, let me know like, Hey, like you're driving and that's it. Like, that's all you got to do right now is just drive. Um, I don't really say that to myself, but like, that was, you know, just kind of like the, the feeling, like if I, if I hear my mind going off to like next week or what I'm going to do when I go home, it's just, drive and know you're driving. Um, and I think that's definitely made my relationship to, to driving and at least driving longer periods of time a lot better. Uh, because before it's like, I got to go here. I got to get here. I got to be on time after I park, I got to find, you know, I got to get to work. I got to drink my coffee. I got to do all this. And it kind of took that time. And instead of just worrying about what's coming next in my day and just enjoy the drive, you know, see the sights. um, there's like a lot of graffiti uh, going on in like a couple bridges um, that I drive by and just kind of noticing like what changes have been made or like who covered this up or, you know, who tagged it on there and just kind of being able to see like what's changed there. So I, I've definitely enjoyed uh, my driving more now that I've been been meditating a little bit. Well, a couple of things there. I mean, just the fact that you've been kind of um, focused on the house and the family and not had a lot of quiet time and not had a lot of driving time. Um, I mean, just your, your appreciation and your, your having gone away from those things for a bit. Now you have a, re- a richer appreciation for them. And I think that that's a great gift that we get whenever we have periods where we're, where um, we're, we're forced by circumstance to just deal with a different set of things that are priorities and then to come back to those things and realize, well, they didn't go away. And, and when I do them, I'm going to really savor them. And I had some, not, not exactly the same experience, but I, 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 as I mentioned, I don't love driving by myself and uh, I get a little bored in the car and a little distracted. Um, but I did go and see my buddy Tucker in Connecticut, nice. which for me was a two and a half hour car ride each way by myself, which is something I've not done in a while, actually. I do my little in and out of Manhattan um, uh, drives. It's about two hours, but those are kind of familiar roads. And, you know, you know you're know, you like a little bit on autopilot, but going to see uh, Tucker was great. I went out to his place in Essex, Connecticut, which was a really sweet little old fashioned New England town. You know, people put little boards up on their houses. A lot of people saying what year their house was first built. So you see a lot of 1700s and 1720s a couple of 1680s i mean the town i think was actually founded 1680 um killer lobster rolls we had i mean it was really 
really fun. I mean, I did sing greatest hits of the seventies the entire way, which kind of you know, get, dates me a little bit, just kind of keep me awake and, and motivated. But this whole mindfulness uh, thing that you're talking about, it really is something that's become um, even more prevalent in my own, my own daily life. Uh, you described, you know, being in that car and thinking, Oh, I got to park. I got to do this. All the things you're anticipating. The truth is mindfulness really isn't some sort of like just meditation practice thing. It really is a, a day, a, a moment to moment living thing that changes everything. Here's an example. Mindfulness is actually remembering whether or not you did take that medication that the doctor told you to take for 10 days and actually paying enough attention to remember five minutes later, I took my allergy pill. Oh, it's amazing to me. I come downstairs at night to close up, make sure the stove is off, run the dishwasher, everything else. And how many times do I get to the top of the stairs when I'm done and say, did I check the burners? Did I check the back? And I just did it. Why? Because I'm distracted. So the mindfulness thing is really now 100% in, the, in my primary view and focus, because I realized that that's when I'm happiest, most productive, where I'm learning the most, where I'm least anxious. So, you know, I definitely credit the, the whole exploration of, of meditation that got going when you recommended the 10% app. And I, I absolutely, you know, many, there are many great apps and it doesn't matter how you get into it, but I really can see now what happens if you're not mindful. And especially in the age of social media, they are hoping with these algorithms that you are not mindful so that you don't actually ask before you hit click and buy that thing you don't need. They don't want you to ask that. They don't want you to think why you're on, on your phone. They want you to think that the reason you're on that phone is to buy their product. So yeah, mindfulness, we have to, I hope that's a, uh, it will be a theme, I'm sure for our third season of, of the podcast. I hope we can get more guests on to talk about mindfulness. And I also want more people to come on for whom being more mindful is something that they'd like to do and talk about. So I want to ask you another question. How different was child number two? Well, you obviously knew a lot more about being a, a dad the second time through, but were, were you surprised by like the reliving of certain things again? Were you kind of surprised that you learned entirely new things? Yeah. Um, I think number two took the edge off a little bit since we've done it before. It was, it wasn't unfamiliar territory. Like, Child number one was we went to the classes, you know, we went to tons of doctor's appointments and stuff. And it was because we were like, okay, we want to, well, you know, have a, a healthy baby. We want to, you know, kind of do this right. But, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety just because we've never done it before and we didn't know what to expect. Like I've never witnessed a birth of anything prior, prior to Damien, um, for number two, like it was way more relaxed, you know, um, we knew what we were up against. We knew what we had to do. You know, my wife needed to be induced again, um, to, to have the baby. So, I mean, we knew her blood pressure was, was, you know, a little above average, uh, than most and, and was definitely a concern, but whenever it kind of came down to it, you know, we, we've been down that road before. So it wasn't, it wasn't all of that fresh newness. It was like, okay, we, we've done this once we can do it again. 
we know what works, we know what doesn't. So, um, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, a little, a little bit easier because we had that prior experience. I think that that took the edge off quite a bit. Well, we're absolutely thrilled that the baby's healthy, that you're healthy, that mom is healthy, that the brother is healthy. You have two boys now Mm -hmm. and the elder boy is how old? Uh, he's going to be three in January. So he's like, you know, two and change there. Um, and I just got to plug my son a little bit, you know, Damien, uh, he is like legit the best older brother already. He like holds him and hugs him and gives him kisses and snuggles with him. (laughs) And yeah, it just, it is the sweetest thing to see and witness because like, man, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just something that brings me so much happiness is just watching Damien just love uh, Ethan as, as much as we do and being like an active brother. Um, like when he gets a bath, like Damien will like sit down and like kind of hold him in like the backpack while like my wife like scrubs him and stuff. And it's just, it's amazing. Like, it's just, I don't know, those little moments just give me so much joy just because it's just like, yes, like <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I'm, That's I'm really I'm really enjoying hearing this and it's a beautiful thing because my older brother who's 18 months older than me was a torment from the very first day that I was aware of his presence. Uh, I adored him. He was hilarious, but boy, oh boy, was he, he was pure torture, but that's for a separate show. Uh, I'm <laughs> thrilled. It's beautiful. I mean, I lo- I'm loving this whole image of the, the beautiful brothers and the mellow household and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of challenges too with the energies that are going to be unleashed as these little boys get more and more out there doing their thing. And uh, anyway, we're we're thrilled for you, Adam. And I'm happy to be back. I will tell you, in case you didn't know, you were missed. Um, you were I I I have missed our talks. Um, I don't know if, if you've noticed, but I didn't push you. I hope you felt that. Yes, because I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, you know, the guy's been, you know, he's got a kid. Like, when he's ready, when he's ready, he'll come back. And if he decides while he's taking time off that it, he doesn't have the time to do this, that's okay too. Because I'm really proud of what we, what we've achieved so far. But I will tell you, I've gotten a lot of texts and a lot of uh, direct messages, and people said, I really miss Adam's inspirational posts. Uh, in his feed. So I just want to, I want to communicate that. Um, I had very specific people say recently, especially uh, you really should do the show again. I mean, I'm really kind of missing it. So we had, I mean, it may not be a massive throng of people missing us, <laughs> but people miss the show. And that I, at least a couple of people that we know and care about. So I'm thrilled that, that we're getting going again. Um, uh, it's been I mean, obviously for all of us, the entire, all of humanity, quite a crazy 18 months um, uh, with everything that's gone on. But, you know, a year ago, I remember talking to you on days where I wasn't sure that I would still be in business in a couple of weeks because the music industry had collapsed so badly. And now I'm, I've actually been on a business trip. I actually went on a plane to go to San Diego to promote as part of the promotion of a, of a new client. And uh, that was just wild. That was surreal. Like going, I mean, first of all, I'm li- now I'm living more or less living up here. So it took a lot longer to get to the, the airport. I had to do the train downtown, down to town, then to ta- a taxi out to Newark and all that. But 
um, you know, just in a year, our situation has changed dramatically. And, you know, that's, that's a very humbling reality. I'm thrilled and very excited and happy that music is coming back. I mean, they're, they're starting to, to talk about people going into opera houses, people going into concert halls. You know, there'll be all kinds of uh, safety precautions and everything else that people will be talking about. But, um, you know, a year ago, everything was so uncertain for me work-wise and that, you know, it was, it was quite a trauma and now it's come kind of coming back. And, you know, the, the message of course, is that we don't really know what direction life is, is heading and it could all head in, in a different direction entirely. An entirely new set of challenges could pop up that none of us anticipated. So another, another uh, invitation to try to be, mindful and live in the moment because it is kind of crazy. We live in a, I mean, that was a, a theme of yesterday on Instagram of the people that I follow was just a feeling of so much going on. Um, so many, you know, whether it's the storms that we just all lived through uh, to, um, you know, the Delta variant to, uh, you know, all the political strife that we continue to see. There's a lot of people very, very worried and very, nervous that that our problems are becoming kind of really overwhelming in certain ways and uh anyway life being what it is uh just this morning um my other half was reading some emerson we're both reading the same set of essays um called the conduct of life and this was the simplest little one sentence which i think is a good little mantra for us as we start our new show it was emerson wrote um the way to mend the bad world is to create the right world. And I love that. Yeah. That's one very powerful sentence. Um, you know, maybe we can't go back and undo all the, all the da damage that's been done. And maybe we can't untangle the mess of, uh, of problems, but we, we, we can, I think, get a better sense and create a better sense in our own minds of the kind of life. This is once again, a, a kind of mindfulness living in the, in the moment. If, if community and love and togetherness and sharing and respecting the, the, uh, the environment, et cetera, if these are our goals, living that way is, is the first step and possibly the only step that really matters. So I'm feeling positive. Um, I also, I don't know, here, this is not a this is not a trick question, but what's your biggest fear? Because I, there's like there's like the big picture biggest fear, like the real existential biggest fear, and then there's the little biggest fears. And I'll tell you my little one, my little biggest fears. You know, the existential existential one, we could talk about that on a on a different show. But my little my little biggest fear is my not being able to have the technical um, uh, savvy to understand how to deal with issues that come up with my computer. <laughs> I run my business through my computer. I have so much of my life that goes through this little device. Well, first day of vacation, a couple of weeks ago, my old computer died. And in the past, I'd go running off to Brian and like practically crying, saying, I did not know how to go from a crash computer to a new computer. Like, what do you do? And I decided rather than just do that i was going to confront this little this fear of mine yeah. and a i re recognized quickly that i had actually learned a little in the past 20 years imagine that um but i kind of stayed calm 
And I was like, well, I've got my phone. I could still talk to my clients. I have, I couldn't get my data off my old machine yet. That's a problem. But I had a lot of my work systems were backed up by our work, you know, the various things that we use at work. Um, it was an ass pain. It was a real ass pain. I will not deny, but I didn't go off the ledge and I didn't ask Brian for help. And Ooh, I I, yeah, it was, it was heavy <laughs> duty, dude. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I did ask our, our guys at work, our tech guys to, to do certain things that I couldn't do myself. I just don't know how certain software that we use is works, et cetera, et cetera. But it just made me realize that um, we do a lot of ducking from what the things that we are afraid of and that it really is very important, if at all possible, to clearly identify these things and to make an attempt to demystify them, to take them out of our realm of the, of the fearful to opportunities to learn. Um, and that's a big one for me. It's a huge one for me. Um, being, I don't mind being involved with people, but I don't like relying on them. And I always kind of felt like when it came to my computer life, I was relying on other people to help me out. And I went to that Apple store all by myself and I picked out a machine and I picked all the, the things that, uh, I got an M1 chip. I didn't even know what it was, but I was so proud that I got one. Um, so anyway, I, I, I do give you a little thanks also because you helped me with my, you know, you've helped me with the, with the, the technical stuff a couple of times. I actually watched a couple of videos because we hadn't done our taping for so long that I had to watch a video of how to make my mic work properly. <laughs> and there's only two buttons on it. And I realized I had never watched the video. And now I know what the two buttons do. And I'm <laughs> kind of like, hey, that wasn't so bad. So yeah. anyway, to those people out there who aren't afraid to read the manual, good for you. That's all I could say is good for you. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And it's cool that you realized how much you've grown. Uh, that's kind of what I took away from that. And that's that's a great realization and i'm proud of you for doing it i'm surprised you didn't hit me up again but <laughs> i'm very proud of you now here's the less I'm proud more than happy that, to help you that man. i did was was i did pop off at some people you know when you make a plan to talk to someone on instagram do you do it do you think it's a separate a separate uh type of etiquette like if you told your friend matt i'll meet you at a bar at eight o'clock tonight and you couldn't make it. You would you would probably call Matt and say, "Hey, Matt, I can't make it. Something happened. My kid got to focus on my kid or whatever." Anyway, I had two different people invite me to talk on Instagram video, and both of them blew me off on the same day. And then they rescheduled to, to three days later, and then both did it again. And so I I decided to put a a nasty feel sorry for myself uh, thing up in my stories where I complained about bad Instagram etiquette and said how rude people was. And there, once again, is me in very Ted Lasso style fashion. I'm not sure if you're watching that show, but I'm really I haven't. It. Everyone you, tells me it's amazing. Yeah, no, I it's great. Straight up haven't. <laughs> but it's the classic, I want to be an upbeat, positive person, but I also, it comes at the cost of like me often shoving the anger deep down, uh, when I'm, when I'm disappointed with people and, uh, it was kind of fun. But it was also exhausting to actually admit that I was really pissed off and actually do something about it. And and the people felt bad and they were like, I'm really sorry. I mean, I'm not a flake. I'm not this. I'm not that. But anyway, it was a good reminder, too, that I continue to try to be a very likable, very positive person at, at my own peril at times. And I'm going to try. 
I'm going to try as we launch season three to be a little bit more honest about those moments where I'm just not really feeling it, where I just want to kind of bitch a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm going to start this by saying, uh, if you've hit me up on Instagram, I for sure haven't gotten back to you. I'm sure I have a ton of unread messages there. And one, sorry, two, not sorry, but <laughs> sorry because I haven't <laughs> wrote back to you. Um, I do think there is an etiquette of communication. I think if someone reaches out to you and you've made plans, you you kind of have an obligation to to let them know if plans change. That's uh, I, I mean, for me, that's it's just a a nice thing to do. It's being polite. Um, you know, you're not wasting other people's time. Um, time is a very important commodity um, that we are getting less and less of. So for me, like it's it's a respect thing to to let them know. Um, and along with that, like, man, I don't know how much I really want to go back to Instagram. <laughs> I know people people miss it, and I, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that people have enjoyed it. Um, but as you were saying before, man, it's 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 kind of a, an advertising machine. And I've noticed since I've been off how much less advertisement, how much less social comparison I've had. And also just straight up time. Like it takes time to go out, pick an outfit, take the photos, edit the photos, you know, find the quotes and do all that. Um, and yeah, like I just get like a half hour to an hour back of my life every day. And I have been enjoying that. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to come back as of right now. I, I still am enjoying time off of social media, um, you know. I'm sure if anyone really wants to hit me up, you'd be happy to provide my number to them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we can we can talk. I mean, I feel like everyone who I'm really close with, you know, has has my number and can hit me up. Um, I'm sure there are some outliers there that I'd love to still be in communication with. Uh, I'm still on the Ironheart forum, so if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm still still up on there. I I love my Ironheart forum. Um, I will answer your question about fear, but I do want to talk about um, some other stuff on the forum that I've been up to. Um, and that is uh, with with uh, some Ironheart stuff, um, they are coming out with a new denim. Um, it's the Slubby denim. And uh, I was one of the fortunate people that uh, got to get a sample pair of them. And Dude, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Pretty, pretty psyched on that. I got some cool pickups this year. Um, I'm wearing the, uh, the 277, the, the crazy indigo, um, thing. And I love this. I call this shirt joy of wondrous indigo. And it is, I don't, I just love wearing this. It's well, like, if you're not going to post it, just send me a picture and I'll put it, I'll put it up <laughs> for you. That's a, that's a totally. nice one. It's a, the, the plaid, it's a bluish. It's all really deep toned, bluish, blackish. Yeah, it's uh, all plan. indigo. It's Everything yeah, is indigo beautiful. dyed, so it's going to fade and it's going to look awesome. Probably is it like flannel texture? What's yeah, the texture it's, it's like? a flannel. It's a, yeah, the nine ounce ombre. You have the the other one. I think you got the the western version. I I have one with, but it's white. It's lighter yeah. colors. It's not. Uh, that's real true indigo. That's a lot. That's yeah. a that's a really deep blue. Beautiful. So I've been um, on the forum. I've been going hiking um, and you know, kind of fading the the denim and stuff. Um, I've been, actually, I got bit by a tick, um, and I've been, uh, on some, uh, antibiotics for a little bit and still have like a little bit of a wound in my leg right now, but, uh, things are healing up. Yeah. I know everyone's like freaking out, but I was like, yo, it's not a big deal. Like you had a wound from the tick. 
Yeah, it like really? so yeah, it got bit and then yeah, um like early limes. Uh so Oh shit. Yeah, it like blew up like my leg was like oh, super shit. fat. Like, Cuz right I've gotten bit but I've never had the the blown up leg though. Oh, yeah. Thank God, thank God you are I mean, you're taking antibiotics, that's going to take care of it. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been I've done two rounds of that so far, so I things are good. Um I mean, all the the swelling's down, all like the, the redness is down. It's just kind of like so it like blew up real big and then just like kind of all that skin died. So it left like a skin ulcer. So it's just kind of like an open wound. I know a little gross, but, um, wow. things are healing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so I, I've had quite a lot of tick uh, ticks all over me and now mm-hmm. I know why I'm looking for them and, and why I got to be careful about it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's horrible. That's kind of scary. Yeah. And I like, I would check myself. I, you know, um, go out before bug spray, you know, get all that stuff. And then when I come home, wash myself, check myself, it had to have been a small tick. I don't know. Um, but Hey, it happened. Life goes on. Um, so and- when do we see the slub? Oh yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta post some pictures. They're, they're Men's on the, the big the reveal quite a bit. Oh yeah. yeah, really? Okay. Um, and they, and they should be coming out late this year in like December ish, like late, late November, early December. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and that's been cool just to kind of have like a cool project that I've been doing, um, in between. But, um, when it comes to fear, you know, it's like, what are like the big fears and the little fears and, um, you know, with with all that's happened in the last little bit and with all of the new directions that life has gone um it's I, and plus you know the extra time to kind of think and and be with myself over the last few months i've had a lot of thoughts about uh life and death i think have been um some pretty big topics and with you know kind of uh you know my injury right now um uh, you know, I haven't been out and, and hiking and, you know, kind of being outdoors and having a little bit of, you know, my me time. Um, it's, it's, you know, allowed me to think a little bit more and give myself a little perspective. So like, if you would have asked me like a year ago, like what's going on, like, I'd be like, my biggest fear is like dying without doing something super rad or like putting out like, you know, more albums and stuff like that. Um, now, I, I don't have that same fear. Um, it's more of the fear of not living, um, because it's, it's really weird whenever you kind of like come face to face with like, you know, a really tough situation, you can either, you know, just be buried by it or you can grow from it. And I think Right now, I'm starting to transition to to growing from it and from all of this stuff, and it's really changed my direction and perspective on life. And what I fear is that I won't be fulfilled with whatever I'm doing in my life, and I'm just going to kind of passively go through it on autopilot. Um, and that's kind of with like my work and my career, like what I'm doing in my personal life. Uh, when I'm doing my family life. So getting this back up and running again is, you know, kind of helping that fear out a little bit. And it's like, okay, like this is giving me purpose. This is giving me enjoyment. This is also, you know, kind of doing it for, for other people. So it's not only about myself. So I've really had a lot of that perspective a little bit, especially in like the last month where I've just kind of been sitting or like, you know, just, okay, like I just got to deal with this pain for a little bit. Um, 
and just really kind of wrapping my head around, you know, what I'm actually fearful about. So I really appreciate that question. And one thing that I'm actively trying to work on is like, what am I going to do in my life um, in all aspects of it to really enjoy it? Um, because, you know, for a lot of people right now, it's like, Hey, like what's going on? Like a lot of people are reevaluating their lives and like, am I really happy in my career? Am I really happy in my life? Am I really happy with my hobbies and stuff like that? Because a lot of it's been jumbled up and it's, it's, you know, what I've found is I'm really concerned about that too. And I want to be able to, to enjoy my life, um, and not just kind of be like, meh, you know, um, and so I've, I've really been trying to see and like figure out like, hey, like what actually nourishes me? What makes me super stoked just to, to be alive and, and waking up and, and just enjoying it? And obviously my family is a big part of it. Um, but, you know, what I do personally um, is also a part of it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really just kind of looking forward to, to what comes next because it's, you know, um, it's more of an exploration and I don't have like a ton of direction as to like, Oh, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and it's going to be great. I think it's going to be more of an exploration of, you know, how I want to spend my time to enjoy myself the most. Um, so I'm kind of fearful that I'm not going to do that. Um, so that's my kind of my fear. Well, that, that goes right back into mindfulness because mindfulness means you are enjoying everything, even the most mundane thing. Um, even though the, the questions that you have and the anxiety that might come with those questions, those are opportunities for growth. Um, I, I think mindfulness is uh, sort of allowing the growth process to happen. And I have to say, um, from my perspective of near old manness, and now that I'm 59, looking towards my 60th birthday, I will just tell you that absolutely if you're if you're living your life as you get older you'll just have more life experience and you'll begin to see the patterns that emerge oh here's the pattern of anxiety here's a pattern of fulfillment here's a pattern of breakthrough here's a pattern of stasis here's a pattern of whatever that might be and then you begin you begin i think to to sort of have a greater sense of allowing things to flow, that they flow so that you learn what you need to learn, you move on, um, you, don't, you don't have the feeling of being stuck or impatient. And that comes, I, I really believe that that comes with age. I absolutely loved everything that you just said. I think that is a real question. I mean, I look at it in my own life and I just think I was, you know, at a big record company and not happy and I rolled the dice uh, 21 years ago and left my pretty high paying job, took a really dramatic pay cut and started my own company. And I just remember the first six months of it. I, I remember going jogging, thinking I am no longer senior vice president at Universal Music. Um, I really fucked up. I just felt like I really, why did I do that? And I did it because I thought there was something that was going to make me happier to not be under all that corporate pressure. And I just re remember coming home from a jog and like collapsing into a chair and crying. Like I messed up my life. Why did I, cause I, I did kind of leave my other job out of a sense of uh, 
moral, ethical. I didn't like the way they were running things. And I wanted to do something where I didn't have to kind of be so indifferent to how, how people were being treated at the company. And it's now taken 21 years for me to really fully appreciate how transform transformational that moment was for me. That it's com it completely changed the, the entire focus. Um, now I learned a whole different set of, of, of skills. How do you keep a business going? How do you keep a staff inspired? How do you, how do you deal with disappointment? How do you, you know, what is it like when a client calls you and says, you're, you've not done a good enough job. We're going to go with someone else. Oh my God. Uh, so over time, now I can really, really honestly say, Hey, I've been around the block many times. And, um, if I have a shitty work day, I realized I've had plenty of shitty work days and they come and go. And, you know, the pandemic came and I just thought, Hey, if this means I have to retire and I'm done promoting music, that's okay too. Um, so yeah, I, I really believe what you're saying. And I, I, I want to commit us on the show to making this the focus of the show to really make the most out of talking to each other, uh, not to put a gloss over things and try to make them look good and sound good, but actually say, what is getting in the way? Why aren't you doing that thing that you should be doing? Hey, why don't you learn French? Why didn't you take that class? Why didn't you, whatever the case may be, because we get stuck. We do get stuck. And one of the great reasons to have good friendships is that a really great friend helps you get unstuck. A, it gives you a sounding board so that you could even begin to, to say the words, hey, I'm kind of stuck. And B, it gives you someone to help you plot, a, plot the next step. So that's why friendship is so important. Uh, I read that Emerson quote, which I written down in my little quotes, my little notes quotes uh, on my phone. I have one for you from Walt Whitman from Song of Myself about the state that you're in and what you're fearful about. about. And here's what Walt Whitman said, very simple sentence. You must habit yourself to the dazzle of the light and of every moment of your life. Ooh. Habit yourself to the dazzle. That sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> habit yourself to the dazzle. Dude, you are, a, you are a dazzling person. You give off light and, and joy. You smile. You always make me feel good when we talk. You have beautiful, you know, I think, you know, you have beautiful, positive energy. And I'm, I'm glad that you asked, uh, ask yourself, um, the tough questions and let's commit to making the third season of the show, um, even more impactful. Um, come on the show and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And, uh, we're going to invite guests to come on and talk about what they want to talk about and let's use our time wisely let's really use the time to make a difference um because it's possible you know we we decide just how much change we're going to have and we decide how much joy we're going to have and we decide how much love we're going to have and thankfully you know those last two things that don't cost us a thing we could have unlimited supply the time thing we can't change we only got a, a certain amount but the love the joy we can create uh, a, a true abundance. So we can't really say who's coming up next on the show. We have one of our guests who's been on the show before wants to tell us about his experience with some magic mushrooms. So uh, that'll come up. There's a book. Remember we read that book about that uh, polar, that Antarctic yes. exploration that went mm -hmm. afoul. We, we <laughs> want to re revisit that book. 
Um, I kind of feel like we dropped some old threads of our what we were doing over the course of the four months, but let's just start fresh and uh, and start a whole new start a whole new uh, narrative with the show this year. And I'm I'm glad to see you. And if you need uh, more space in between shows, great. And we said we were going to do shorter shows, and of course now we've had a long yeah. show, <laughs> but it's been great to catch up, Adam. And I love that shirt, and I'm can't wait to see the slubby denim. Oh yeah. Well, thank you, Albert. Yes, I completely agree with you. I think, um, you know, kind of uncovering, uh, what's going on in ourselves and, and really getting down to, to the roots of it is definitely worthwhile and it's going to be a, a fun exploration along with, you know, scary and uncertainty, but I think that's uh, a really good, good part of growth. So I am with you on that. I am excited for season three and what it comes. We're kind of, uh, just doing doing whatever happens and uh that's fun um and again that's something that that i want to do and i'm really happy that you are my partner along with this and it is a pleasure to to see you again and, and get this going anything oh, thanks, else man thanks no <laughs> thanks buddy boy really truly it was really really fun enjoy what's left of uh, of your labor day we had a, a nice uh, sunny day here and um looking forward really looking forward to it and uh happy to see you smiling and and that your your family and your young boy is healthy and happy and uh, god bless god bless your little family there <laughs> well, thank you albert all right well this has been another episode of the veer vulnerabilis beer podcast i'm adam glinsky i'm albert imperato thank you for listening